This is the 13th chapter of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titan's Curse. We visit the junkyard of the gods. We rode the boar until sunset, which was about as much as my back end could take. Imagine riding a giant steel brush over a bed of gravel all day. That was about as comfortable as what boar riding was. I had no idea how many miles we covered, but the mountains faded into the distance and were replaced by miles of flat, dry land. The grass and shrub bush got sparser until we were galloping. Do boars gallop? Across the desert. As night fell, the boar came to a stop at a creek bed and snorted. He started drinking the muddy water, then ripped up a sarago cactus out of the ground and chewed it. Needles and all. This is as far as he'll go, Grover said. We need to get off while he's eating. Nobody needed convincing. We slipped off the boar's back while it was still busy ripping up cacti. Then we waddled away as best as we could with our saddle sores. After its third sargium and another drink of muddy water, the boar squealed and belched, then whirled around and galloped back towards the east. It likes the mountains better, I guessed. I can't blame it, Talia said. Look. Ahead of us were two-lane road, half covered with sand. On other side of the road, there was a cluster of buildings, too small to be a town. A boarded-up house, a taco shop that looked like it hadn't been opened since before Noe's nightshade was born, and a white stucco post office with a sign that said, Gallicaw, Arizona, hanging crooked above the door. Beyond that was a range of hills. But then I noticed that they weren't regular hills. The countryside was way too flat for that. The hills were enormous mounds of old cars, appliances, and other scrap metal. It was a junkyard that seemed to go on forever. Whoa, I said. Something tells me you're not going to find a car rental here, Talia said. She looked at Grover. I don't suppose you got another wild boar up your sleeve? Grover was sniffling the wind, looking kind of nervous. He fished out his acorns and threw them into the sand and then played with his pipes. They rearranged themselves in a pattern that made no sense to me. But Grover looked concerned. That's us, he said. Those five nuts right there. Which one's me? I asked. The little deformed one, Zoe suggested. Oh, shut up. That cluster right there, Grover said, pointing to the left. That's trouble. A monster? Talia asked. Grover looked uneasy. I don't smell anything, which doesn't make sense. But the acorns don't lie. Our next challenge? He pointed straight towards the junkyard. With the sunlight almost gone now, the hills of the metal looked something like on an alien planet. We decided to camp for the night and try the junkyard in the morning. None of us wanted to go dumpster diving in the dark. Zoe and Bianca produced five sleeping bags and four mattresses out of their backpacks. I don't know how they did it because the packs were so tiny, but they must have been enchanted or to hold so much stuff. I noticed how their bows and quivers were also magic. I never really thought about it, but when the hunters needed them, they just appeared slung over their backs. And when they didn't, they were gone. The night got chilly fast, so Grover and I collected old boards from the ruined house. Talia zapped them with an electric shock to start a campfire. Pretty soon we were about to get as comfy as you can in a rundown ghost town in the middle of nowhere. The stars are out, Zoe said. She was right. There are millions of them, with no city lights to turn the sky orange. Amazing, Bianca said. I've never really seen the Milky Way. This is nothing, Zoe said. In the old days, there were more. Whole constellations have disappeared because of human light pollution. You talk like you're not human, I said. Zoe raised an eyebrow. I'm a hunter. I care what happens to the wild places of the world. Can the same not be said for thee? For you, Talia corrected. Not thee, but you use you in the beginning of a sentence. And at the end, 
Talia said, know thou, know thee, just you. Zoe threw up her hands in exasperation. I hate this language. It changes too often. Gover sighed. He was still looking up at the stars, like he was thinking about the light pollution problem. If only Pan were here, he had set things right. Zoe nodded sadly. Maybe it was the coffee, Grover said. I, I was drinking coffee, and the wind came. Maybe if I drink more coffee. I was pretty sure coffee had nothing to do with what happened in Cloudcroft, but I didn't have the heart to tell Grover. I thought about the rubber rat and the tiny birds that had suddenly come alive when the wind blew. Grover, do you really think that that was Pan? I mean... I know you want it to be. He sent us help, Grover insisted. I don't know how or why, but it was his presence. After this quest is done, I'm going back to New Mexico and drinking a lot of coffee. It's the best lead we've gotten in 2,000 years. I was so close. I didn't answer. I didn't want to squash Grover's hopes. What I want to know, Talia said looking at Bianca, is how you destroyed one of those zombies. There are a lot more out there somewhere. We need to figure out how to fight them. Bianca shook her head. I don't know. I just stabbed it and it went up in flames. Maybe there's something special about your knife, I said. It's the same as mine, Zoe said. Celestial bronze, yes, but mine did not affect the warriors that way. Maybe you have hidden the skeleton in a certain spot, I said. Bianca looked un uncomfortable with everyone paying attention to her. Never mind, Zoe told her. We'll find an answer. In the meantime, we should plan our next move. When we get through this junkyard, we must continue west. If we can find a road, we can hitchhike to the nearest city. I think that will be Las Vegas. I was about to protest that Grover and I had a bad experience in that town, but Bianca beat it to us. No, she said, not there. She looked really freaked out, like she had just been dropped off the steep end of a roller coaster. Zoe frowned. Why? Bianca took a shooky breath. I, I think we stayed there for a while, Nico and I, when we were traveling. And then, I, I can't remember. Suddenly, I had a really bad thought. I remembered what Bianca had told me about Nico and her staying in a hotel for a while. I met Grover's eyes, and I got the feeling he was thinking the same thing. Bianca, I said, that hotel you stayed at, was it possibly called the Lotus Hotel and Casino? Her eyes widened. How could you know that? Oh, great, I said. Wait, Talia said. What's the Lotus Casino? A couple of years ago, I said, Grover, Annabeth, and I got trapped there. It's designed so you never want to leave. We stayed for about an hour. When we came out, five days had passed. It makes time speed up. No, Bianca said. No, that's, that's not possible. You said someone came and got you out, I remembered. Yes. What did he look like? What did he say? I, I don't remember. Please, I don't really want to talk about this. Zoe sat forward, her eyes knit with concern. You said that Washington, D.C. had changed when you went back last summer. You said you didn't remember the subway being there. Yes, but Bianca, Zoe said, can you tell me the name of the president of the United States right now? Don't be silly, Bianca said. She told us the correct name of the president. And who was the president before that? Zoe asked. Bianca thought for a while. Roosevelt. Zoe swallowed. Theodore or Franklin? Franklin, Bianca said. FDR. Like FDR Drive? I asked, because seriously, that was all I knew about FDR. Bianca, Zoe said. FDR was not the last president. That was about 70 years ago. Th that's impossible, Bianca said. I I'm not that old. She stared at her hands, as if to make sure that they weren't wrinkled. Talia's eyes turned sad. I guess she knew what it was like to get pulled out of time for a while. It's okay, Bianca. The important thing is that you and Nico are safe. You made it out.
But how, I said. We were only in there for an hour, and we barely escaped. How could you have escaped after being there for so long? I told you, Bianca said, looking ready to cry. A man came and said it was time to leave, and... But who? Why did he do it? Before she could answer, we were hit with a blazing light from down the road. The headlights of a car appeared out of nowhere. I was half hoping it was Apollo come to give us a ride again, but the engine was way too silent for the sun chariot. And besides, it was nighttime. We grabbed our sleeping bags and got out of the way of the deathly white limousine that slid to a stop in front of us. The back door of the limo opened right next to me. Before I could step away, the point of his sword touched my throat. I heard the sound of Zoe and Bianca drawing their bows. As the owner of the sword got out of the car, I moved back very slowly. I had to, because he was pushing the point under my chin. He smiled cruelly. Not so fast now, are you, punk? He was a big man with a crew cut, black leather bike jacket, black jeans, a white muscle shirt, and combat boots. Wraparound shades hid his eyes, but I knew it was behind those glasses. Hollow sockets filled with flames. Aries, I growled. The war god glanced at my friends. At ease, people. He snapped his fingers, and their weapons fell to the ground. This is a friendly maiden. He dug the point of his blade a little further under my chin. Of course, I'd like to take your head for a trophy, but someone wants to see you. And I've never behead my enemies in front of a lady. What lady? Talia asked. Ares looked over her. Well, well, I heard you were back. He lowered his sword and pushed me away. Talia, daughter of Zeus, Ares mused. You're not hanging out with very good company. What's your business, Ares? She said. Who's in the car? Ares smiled, enjoying the attention. Oh, I doubt she wants to meet the rest of you, particularly not them. He jutted his chin towards Zoe and Bianca. Why don't you all go get some tacos while we wait? It'll only take Percy a few minutes. We're not leaving him alone with thee, Lord Ares. Besides, Grover managed, the taco place is closed. Ares snapped his fingers again. The light inside of the tikia suddenly blazed to life. The board flew off the doors and the closed sign flipped open. You were saying, goat boy? Go on, I told my friends. I can handle this. I tried to sound more confident than I felt. I don't think Ares was fooled. You heard the boy, Ares said. He's big and strong. He's got things under control. My friends reluctantly headed over to the taco restaurant. Ares regarded me with loathing, then opened up the limousine door like a chauffeur. Get inside, punk, he said. And mind your manners. She's not as forgiving of rudeness as I am. When I saw her, my jaw dropped. I forgot my name. I forgot where I was. I forgot how to speak in complete sentences. She was wearing a red satin dress, and her hair was curled up in a cassade of ringlets. Her face was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Perfect makeup, dazzling eyes, a smile that would have lit up the dark side of the moon. Thinking back on it, I can't tell you who she looked like, or even what color her hair or her eyes were. Pick the most beautiful actress you can think of. The goddess was ten times more beautiful than that. Pick your favorite hair color, eye color, whatever. The goddess had that. When she smiled at me, just for a moment, she looked a little like Annabeth. Then, like this television actress I used to have a crush on in fifth grade. Then, well, you get the idea. Ah, there you are, Percy. The goddess said, I'm Aphrodite. I slipped into the seat across from her and said something like, Um, uh, guh. She smiled. Aren't you sweet? Hold this, please. She handed me a polished mirror the size of a dinner plate and had me hold it up for her. She leaned forward and dabbed at her lipstick, though I couldn't see anything wrong with it. Do you know why you're here? 
she asked. I wanted to respond, but I couldn't form complete sentences. Why couldn't I? She was only a lady. A seriously beautiful lady, that is. With eyes like pools of spring water. Whoa. I pinched my own arm. Hard. I... I don't know, I managed. Oh, dear, Aphrodite said. Still in denial? Outside the car, I could hear Ares chuckling. I had a feeling he could hear every word we said. The idea of him being out there made me angry, and that helped clear my mind. I don't know what you're talking about, I said. Well, then, why are you on this quest? Artemis has been captured. Aphrodite rolled her eyes. Oh, Artemis, please. Talk about a hopeless case. I mean, if you're going to kidnap a goddess, she should be breathtakingly beautiful, don't you think? I pity the poor dears who have imprisoned Artemis. Bull ring. She was chasing a monster, though, I protested. A really, really bad monster. We have to find it. Aphrodite made me hold the mirror a little higher. She seemed to have found a microscopic problem at the corner of her eye and dabbed at her mascara. Always some monster. But my dear Percy, that is why the others are on this quest. I am more interested in you. My heart pounded. I didn't want to answer, but her eyes drew a right answer right out of my mouth. Annabeth is in trouble. Aphrodite beamed. Exactly. I have to help her, I said. I've been having these dreams. Ah, you've been having dreams about her. That is so cute. No, I mean, that's not what I meant. She made a tss sound. Percy, I'm on your side. I'm the reason you're here, after all. I stared at her. What? The poison t-shirt the Stoll Brothers gave Phoebe, she said. Did you think that was an accident? Sending Blackjack to find you, helping you sneak out of camp? You did that? Of course! Because really, how boring these hunters are. A quest for some monster, blah blah blah. Saving Artemis, let us stay lost. But... I say, a quest for true love. Wait a second, I, n I never said, oh my dear, you don't need to say it. You do know Annabeth was close to joining the hunters, don't you? I blushed. I, I wasn't sure. She was about to throw her life away. And you, my dear, you can save her from that. It is so romantic. Uh, oh, put the mirror down, Aphrodite ordered. I look fine. I hadn't realized I was still holding it, but as soon as I put it down, I noticed my arms were sore. Now listen, Percy, Aphrodite said. The hunters are your enemy. Forget them and Artemis and the monster. That's not important. You just concentrate on finding and saving Annabeth. Do you know where she is? Aphrodite waved her hand irritably. No, no, I leave the details to you. But it has been ages since we had a good tragic love story. Whoa. First of all, I never said anything about love. Second... What is up with tragic? Love conquers all, Aphrodite promised. Look at Helen and Paris. Did they let anything come between them? Didn't they start the Trojan War and get thousands of people killed? Pfft, that's not the point. Follow your heart. But I don't know where it's going. My, my heart, I mean. She smiled sympathetically. She really was beautiful. And not just because she had a pretty face or anything. She believed and loved so much, it was impossible not to feel giddy about it when she talked about it. Not knowing is half the fun, Aphrodite said. Exquisitely painful, isn't it? Not being sure who you love and who loves you? Oh, you kids, it's so cute, I'm gonna cry. No, 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 I said, don't, don't do that. And not to worry, she said, I'm not going to be 
this easy and boring for you. No, I have some wonderful surprises in stores. Anguish, indecision, oh, just you wait. It's really okay, I told her. Don't go into any of that trouble. You're so cute. I wish all my daughters could break the hut of a boy as nice as you. Effort's Dighty's eyes were tearing up. Now, you'd better go. And do be careful in my husband's territory, Percy. Don't take anything. He's awfully fussy about those trinkets of his and trash. What? I asked. You mean Hephaestus? But the car door opened and Ares grabbed my shoulder, pulling me out of the car and back into the desert night. My audience with the goddess of love was over. You're a lucky punk. Ari pushed me away from the limo. Be grateful. For what? That were being so nice. If it was up to me. So why haven't you killed me? I shot back. It was a stupid thing to say to a god of war, but being around him always made me feel angry and reckless. Ares nodded, like I'd finally said something intelligent. I'd love to kill you, seriously, he said. But see, I got a situation. What on Olympus is that you might start the biggest war in history? I can't risk messing that up. Besides, Aphrodite thinks you're some kind of soap opera star or something. I kill you, that makes me look bad with her. But don't worry, I haven't forgotten my promise. Someday soon, kid, real soon, you're going to raise your sword to a fight and you're going to remember the wrath of Ares. I balled my fist. Wait, what? I beat you once. <laughs> How's that ankle healing up anyway? He grinned crookedly. Not bad, punk, but you got nothing on the matter of taunts. I'll start the fight when I'm good and ready. Until then, get lost. He snapped his fingers, and the world did a 360, spinning in a cloud of red dust. I fell to the ground. When I stood up again, the limousine was gone. The road, the taco restaurant, the whole town of Gila Claw was gone. My friends and I were standing in the middle of a junkyard. Mountains of scrap metal stretched out in every direction. What does she want with you? Bianca asked once I told them about Aphrodite. Oh, uh, not sure, I lied. She said to be careful in her husband's junkyard. She said not to pick up anything. Zoe narrowed her eyes. The goddess of love would not make a special trip to tell thee that. Be careful, Percy. Aphrodite has led many heroes astray. For once, I agree with Zoe, Talia said. You cannot trust Aphrodite. Grover was looking at me funny, because being an empath and all, he could usually read my emotions. And I got the feeling he knew exactly what Aphrodite had talked to me about. So, I said, anxious to change the subject, how do we get out of here? That way, Zoe said, that is west. How can you tell? In the light of the full moon, I was surprised how well I could see her roll her eyes at me. Ursula Major is in the north, which means that must be west, she said. She pointed west at the northern constellation, which was hard to make out because there were so many other stars. Oh, yeah, th that bear thing, I said. Zoe looked offended. Show some respect. That was a fine bear, a worthy opponent. You act like it was real. Guys, Grover broke in, look. We reached the crest of the junkyard. Piles of metal objects glittened in the moonlight. Broken heads of brawn horses, metal legs from human statues, smashed chariots, tons of shields and swords and other weapons, along with much more modern stuff, like cars that gleamed gold and silver, refrigerators, washing machines, and computer monitors. Whoa, Bianca said. That stuff looks of a lot like real gold. It is, Talia said grimly. Like Percy said, don't touch anything. This is a junkyard of the gods. Junk? Gover picked up a beautiful crown made of gold and silver and jewels. It was broken on one side, as if it had been split by an axe. You call this junk? He bit off a point and began to chew. It's delicious. 
Talia swatted the crown out of his hands. I'm serious. Look, Bianca said. She raced down the hill, tripping over bronze coils and golden plates. She picked up a bow that glowed silver in the moonlight. Honor's bow. She yelped in surprise as the bow began to shrink and became a hair clip shaped like a crescent moon. It's just like Percy's sword. Zoe's face was grim. Leave it, Bianca. But it's here for a reason. Anything thrown away in this junkyard must stay in this yard. It is defective or cursed. Bianca reluctantly set down the hair clip. I don't like this place, Talia said. She gripped the shaft of her spear. You think we're going to get attacked by, like, killer refrigerators? I asked. She gave me a hard look. Zoe's right, Percy. Things get thrown away here for a reason. Now, come on. Let's get across this yard. That is the second time you've agreed with Zoe, I muttered. But Talia ignored me. We started picking our way through the hills and valleys of junk. The stuff seemed to go on forever. If it hadn't been for Ursula Major, we would have gotten lost. All the hills pretty much looked the same. I'd like to say we left the stuff alone, but there was way too much cool stuff not to check some of it out. I found an electric guitar shaped like Apollo's lyre. It was so sweet I had to pick it up. Gopher found a broken tree made out of metal. It had been chopped to pieces, but some of the branches still had golden birds on them. They whirled around when Grover picked them up, trying to flap their wings. Finally, we saw the edge of the junkyard, about half a mile ahead of us. The lights of the highway stretched through the desert. But between us and the road was... What is that? Bianca gasped. Ahead of us was a hill, much bigger and longer than the others. It was like a metal mesa, the length of a football field and as tall as goalposts. At one end of the mesa was a long row of ten thick metal columns, wedged tightly together. Bianca frowned. Those look like toes, Grover said. Bianca nodded. Really, really large toes. Zoe and Talia exchanged nervous looks. Let's go around, Talia said. Far around. But the road is right over there, I protested. Quicker to climb over. Ping! Talia hefted her spear and Zoe drew her bow. But then I realized it was only Grover. He had thrown a piece of scrap metal at the toes and hit one, making a deep echo, as if the column were hollow. Why did you do that? Zoe demanded. Grover cringed. I don't know. I, uh, don't like fake feet. Come on, Talia looked at me. Around. I didn't argue. The toes were starting to kind of freak me out, too. I mean, who sculpts ten foot tall metal toes and sticks them in a junkyard? After several minutes of walking, we finally stepped onto the highway, an abandoned but well lit stretch of black asphalt. We made it out, so we said, Thank the gods. But apparently, the gods didn't want to be thanked. At that moment, I heard a sound like a thousand trash compactors crushing metal. I whirled around. Behind us, the scrap mountain was boiling, rising up. The ten toes tilted over, and I realized why they looked like toes. They were toes. The thing rose up from the metal was a bronze giant in full Greek battle armor. He was impossibly tall, a skyscraper with legs and arms. He gleamed wickedly in the moonlight. He looked down at us. His face was deformed. His left side was partially melted off. His joints creaked with rust. Across his armored chest plate, written in thick black dust by some giant finger, were the words, Wash me. Talos, Zoe gasped. Who, who's Talos? I stuttered. One of Hephaestus's creations, Talia said. But that can't be the original. It's too small. A prototype, maybe. An effective model. 
The metal giant did not look like the word defective. He moved one hand to his sword belt and drew his weapon. The sound of it coming out of its sheath was horrible. Metal screeching against metal. The blade was a hundred feet long. Easy. It looked rusty and dull, but I didn't figure that mattered. Getting hit with that thing would be like getting hit with a battleship. Someone took something, so he said, Who took something? She stared at me accusingly. I shook my head. I am a lot of things, but I am not a thief. Bianca didn't say anything. I could swear she looked guilty, but... I didn't have much time to think about it, because the giant defective Talos took one step toward us, closing off half the distance and making the ground shake. Run, Grover yelped. Great advice, except that was hopeless. At a leisurely stroll, this thing could outdistance us easily. We split up, the way we'd done with the Nemean lion. Talia drew her shield and held it up as she ran down the highway. The giant swung his sword and took out a row of power lines, which exploded in sparks and scattered across Talia's path. Zoe's arrows whistled towards the creature's face, but shattered harmlessly against the metal. Gover brayed like a baby goat and went climbing up the giant mountain of metal. Bianca and I ended up next to each other, hiding behind a broken chariot. You took something, I said. That bow! No, she said, but her voice was quivering. Give it back, I said. Throw it down. I I didn't take the bow. Besides, it's too late. What did you take? Before she could answer, I heard a massive creaking noise, and a shadow bolted out of the sky. Move! I tore down the hill, Bianca right behind me, as the giant's foot smashed a crater in the ground where we had been hiding. Hey, Talos! Grover yelled, but the monster raised his sword, looking down at Bianca and me. Grover played a quick melody on his pipes. Over at the highway, the down power lines began to dance. I understood what Grover was going to do a split second before it happened. One of the poles with the power lines still attached flew toward Talos's back leg and it wrapped around his calf. The line sparked and sent a jolt of electricity up the giant's backside. Talos whirled around, creaking and sparkling. Grover had bought us a few seconds. Come on, I told Bianca, but she stayed frozen. From her pocket, she brought out a small metal figure, a statue of a god. It, it, it was for Nico. It was the only statue he didn't have. How can you think of mytho-magic at a time like this? I said, but there were tears in her eyes. Throw it down, I said. Maybe the giant will leave us alone. She dropped it reluctantly, but nothing happened. The giant kept coming after Grover. It stabbed its sword into a junk hill, missing Grover by a few feet. But Scrap Metal made an avalanche over him, and then I couldn't see him anymore. No! Talia yelled. She pointed her spear, and a blue arc of lightning shot out, hitting the monster in his rusty knee, which buckled. The giant collapsed, but immediately started to rise again. It was hard to tell if it could feel anything. There weren't any emotions in its half-melted face, but I got the sense that it was about as ticked off as a 20-story-tall metal warrior could be. He raised his foot to stomp, and I saw that his sole was treaded like a bottom of a sneaker, but there was also a hole in his heel, like a large manhole, and there were red words painted around it, which I deciphered only after the foot came down, for maintenance only. Crazy idea of time, I said. Bianca looked at me nervously. Anything. I told her about the maintenance hatch. There may be a way to control this thing, switches or something. I'm going to get inside. How? You have to stand under its foot. You'll be crushed. Distract it. I said, it's just, I have to have the right time. Bianca's jaw tightened. No, I'll go. You can't. You're new at this. You'll die. It's my fault the monster came after us, she said. It's my responsibility. Here. She picked up the little god statue and pressed it into my hand. If anything happens, give that to Nico. Tell him, tell him I'm sorry. Bianca, no. But she wasn't waiting for me. She charged at the monster's left foot. 
Talia had its attention for the moment. She learned that the giant was big, but slow. If you could stay close to it and not get smashed, you could run around it and stay alive. At least, it was working so far. Bianca got right next to the giant's foot, trying to balance herself on the metal scraps that swayed and shifted under his weight. Zoe yelled, What are you doing? Get it to raise its foot, she said. Zoe shot an arrow towards the monster's face, and it flew straight into one nostril. The giant straightened and shook its head. Hey, junk boy, I yelled. Down here. I ran up to its big toe and stabbed it with Riptide. The magic blade cut a gash in the bronze. Unfortunately, my plan worked. Talos looked down at me and raised his foot to squash me like a bug. I didn't see what Bianca was doing. I had to turn and run. The foot came down about two inches behind me and I was knocked into the air. I hit something hard and sat up dazed. I had been thrown into an Olympus air refrigerator. The monster was about to finish me off, but Grover somehow dug himself out of the junk pile. He played his pipes frantically, and his music set another power line pole whacking against Talos's thigh. The monster turned. Grover should have run, but he must have been too exhausted from the effort of so much magic. He took two steps, fell, and didn't get back up. Grover! Talia and I both ran towards him, but we'd know we'd be too late. The monster raised his sword to smash Grover. Then he froze. Talos cocked his head to one side, like he was hearing strange music. He started to move his arms and legs in weird ways, doing the funky chicken. He made a fist and punched himself in the face. Kobianka! I yelled. Zoe looked horrified. She's inside? The monster staggered around, and I realized we were still in danger. Talia and I grabbed Grover and ran with him towards the highway. Zoe was already ahead of us. She yelled, How Bianca get out? The giant hit himself in the head and dropped his sword. A shudder ran through his whole body and he staggered towards the power lines. Look out, I yelled, but it was too late. The giant's ankle snared the lines and blue flickers of electricity shot up his body. I hoped inside was insulated. I had no idea what was going on in there. The giant canteened back into the junkyard and his right hand flew off, landing in the scrap metal with a horrible clang. His left arm came loose, too. He was falling apart at the joints. Talos began to run. Wait! Zoe yelled. We ran after him, but there was no way we could keep up. Pieces of the robot kept flying off, getting in our way. The giant crumpled from the top down. His head, his chest, and finally his legs collapsed. When we reached the wreckage, we searched frantically, yelling Bianca's name. We crawled around the vast hollow pieces and legs in the head. We searched until the sun started to rise, but no luck. Zoe sat down and wept. I was stunned to see her cry. Talia yelled in rage and impaled her sword against the giant's smashed face. We can keep searching. I said, it's light now. We'll find her. No, we won't, Grover said miserably. It happened just like it was supposed to. What are you talking about? I demanded. He looked up at me with big, watery eyes. The prophecy. One shall be lost in the land without rain. Why hadn't I seen it? Why had I let her go inside instead of me? Here, we were in the desert and Bianca D'Angelo was gone.